probably want it pointing up. The degree to which I care about the quality of my recording, or at least is, like that, is shocking. Well, this is why your experience is coming in handy here. Well, because this is it's directional, or no? Right. No, I think you're right. No, it's not. I don't it's not. It's it's an usually labs are omni. Hello, hello, which hello. Which means that they have like a ball of sound. Ball of sound. <laughs> are we recording? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I do. I know. I, I prefer that. Rough. <sighs> fucking into it. Uh. You want to pick up where we left off, or just like? No. Yeah. Not like, really. Yeah. I knew you didn't. I, I couldn't tell when we were talking, but I guess it was too heavy. No, it's not that it was too heavy. I just. We need something to bounce it at. That's a good point. This is the other half of the black and white cookie. <laughs> I won't specify which half is which, That's because fair. it's black and white, yeah. and we don't need to start a race debate up this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think we're equipped for that just, just yet. I'm not equipped. Um, so we really didn't talk at all about being like artistic at all in the last podcast. Yeah. But I said that I'm trying to get away from that. But am I? Trying to get away from being artistic? No. I mean, I'm definitely not that. Right. I said I was trying to, like, expand the range of conversation, but I think I only was motivated to say that because I don't have many people listening to these. And do I give a fuck? I kind of... I mean, part yeah. of me gives a fuck, and that's probably the part of me which is like, yeah, let's talk about something else. Yeah. But I think that the... We talked about it a little bit after the pod, after we recorded the first one, where you were saying that in general, you like to make stuff for yourself. That, like, the most inspired stuff is stuff where you're not giving a fuck about what other people are gonna... Like, about who your audience is. That's very true. So what do you do... What do you do when you really want to make something, but you find yourself being really concerned with who's gonna listen? Should you just take a break? Take a nap? You know? meditate on it and come back to it when you're not feeling that way or maybe acknowledge that you're having those feelings i think that's well, something that i dance it. around because i i feel a little guilty like yeah i do want people to care yeah i mean i don't want to be owned by that but right. it would be nice if right. people listened you know but um, if you really want people to listen to you genuinely, then don't you have to just not be give yourself a shit. and not give a shit, and then the people will come when they come? That's, yeah. I feel like that's, that's the most like authentic way to go about that, yes. but it's so risky, because it could just never pan out. Exactly. Never is a while. Yeah. Never a is a time. while. Oh my god. Speaking of never... <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Black, like Black Mirror? Black Mirror? Not a lot. I've seen like most of the first season. I think that's okay. it. Why? I well, I talked watch... to people about other right. episodes. Well, a couple episodes in season three you should watch are the B episode. Seven season three. I talked to that is about that. that's a good one. That's the season finale. Okay. My favorites are the second one, which is called Play Test, and the fourth one, which I just rewatched last night, which is called San Junipero, which is so. And you know what? After watching the episode, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> and I went on IMDb to reaffirm my beliefs, and people agree. There were people who were like, this is the best episode of any TV show ever. Whoa. Clearly everyone is, like, thrown. That's cool. Um, it's about um, 
it helps. They reveal it in a nice way. But essentially, it's about it's about a future where we have the technology when uh, if you die, your consciousness can be like uploaded to this like virtual world. Like imagine like Park Slope just existed in a computer program. And when your body died, your mind could theoretically live in just this neighborhood forever mm-hmm. with whoever was inhabiting it. And you could just Some interact. Some people are dead as well. Yeah, and yeah. you could just interact. You could do whatever, like, conceivably forever. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's something that exists in this universe. Sure. Apparently not everyone chooses this fate for themselves. Like, you can still be dead, dead. Yeah. And that contains whatever we think it might, or maybe it doesn't, uh-huh. which is kind of... But in this future, we still don't know. Exactly. That's very much a part of the plot, because one of the characters, her spouse died, and she's like, well, he didn't get to inhabit this world that we have now, so why should I? It's a fair point. But if you could, would you? You know, so that's kind of part of the premise. Anyway, it's a really good episode. It's a nice love story. And uh, that was was tangential, for sure. (laughs) So I have a, a more direct question. I'm talking to both of you because I'm going to fuse you into one body. Um, What? When did you start like being interested in film? Hmm. Because I knew you when you weren't, and then I knew you when you were. What's your experience with me when I wasn't? I was a less perceptive, developed human then, so I'm not sure I know. Well, because I think I've always been interested in film. Alright, this hurts. But then I never... Like... Okay, so I went to LaGuardia. I went to art school. I was a visual art major. And I was like, cool. I like to draw. I'm gonna yeah. do art. Then I got so fucking exhausted of art. Going to like three periods of painting or drawing class every day. Five days a week. Damn. In high school. Like I got... I got uh, like strung out basically yeah um so then i went to a liberal arts college purposefully because i had no idea what the fuck i wanted to do wanted to be like a math major at first maybe a history major oh i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) she just hit her head i know really fun all right i guess she you deserve some clawing now okay history math major computer science for a little bit because those were like my skills. I'm like a like a puzzler. Yeah. Um, do you like math? I do, but I I'm well, so I'm good at it, and I like being good at it. But I didn't really enjoy it. I like looked down the path in that direction and wasn't like interested. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a physicist or a math teacher. Right. <laughs> um, and I, my, my, uh, like, we called it, uh, first year intensives. It was like my freshman seminar class was intro, it was screen studies 101. Mm-hmm. And I was super into it. I've always been like, like a fan of movies. I like, I'm a huge Mighty Ducks fan and huge Star Wars fan. Right. And like, and I'm into good films. And I always felt like I had a good understanding of what makes a good film. 
and then like actually learning that there's knowledge to be had about that like like academic knowledge yeah was fascinating to me right um i was also like similarly really blown away by a class i had at brandeis which is a while ago now called classic hollywood cinema where the teacher was really good and he was like kind of british um, we couldn't tell and it was <laughs> a large lecture hall and we just talked about these classic movies and he knew so much about them symbolism and this and that and history behind the production mm -hmm. and i was like whoa this is so much better than the shit that i've been going to movie theaters and seeing you know this is so much more interesting mm -hmm. um I don't think it's so interesting how getting getting burnt out, you know, I'm sure I know plenty of people who have been doing whatever they're doing, acting or otherwise, just straight through since they were, you know, five years old. And are they getting burnt out? You know, are they going to have that kind of period? I know that not everybody does, but it's interesting the ups and downs and whatever in our lives that leads us to this, because I don't think I had much arts education at all before college and that was part of yeah, you can, like a huge a huge thing that I was experiencing was like literally movies are art and this is how they're art and this is what that feels like yeah to see a huge other layer of culture which I was so familiar with you know well I watched you... Seinfeld addictively in high school except I knew nothing and I still know nothing about like the history of sitcoms or the history of comedy on television or early stand-up comedians, you mm. know, or the significance of that show when it was live on the air. But like all of those things would add depth to it. And yeah. I, I was just like, I'm vegging out on the sofa and I like this show. Yeah. You know? Well, so you like shocked a lot of the... the community of our like childhood friends when, I did when you decided to do acting yeah no one saw that coming I didn't see it coming yeah yeah I still don't know I I, I had a definite perception for sure what this type of person looks like who would do that and you know you, you can't really blame me you know you can you can usually tell an artist from a non-artist, you mm -hmm. know, at least most of the time, whatever that means. Sure. We don't have to get into, like... What we could. How, yeah, we could. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how people look or how they dress, sure, that's part of it, but that's not the whole thing. But I remember for high school, I toured Millennium, which wasn't LaGuardia, but, like, it was a school that was very opposite from a specialized high school, like the one I went to, mm -hmm. where... The focus at Brooklyn Tech was like academics, 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 do well, get into a good college, which I fucking hated. And I didn't even realize until pretty much the end of high school that there was more to getting an education than that, you mm -hmm. know? I didn't realize that there were different types of getting an education, you know? Mm -hmm. Education to me was formulaic, it was textbooks, it was studying, it was college, it was being a nerd, it was not having a social life. And they even tell you at, at Stuyvesant, apparently, maybe they don't anymore, anymore because kids literally kill themselves there. And maybe it's not a good idea to say, you can pick two of these three things, three things to have. You can have a social life, um, you can get good grades or fucking, or, or like sleep. extracurricular, or sleep, exactly. Social life, sleep, or good grades. Yeah, and you get to pick two of them. Right. You get to pick two of them. Yeah, so that, too. that kind of sucks. You know, you do any two of those three, you're like, 
fuck, I don't like that. I don't like that. Right. I choose none of these things. So I like that you said <laughs> I, I shocked people because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like an individual. Yeah. Um, and it, I think that is a good thing to be able to do if you want to be an actor. Yeah. I think... I think you shocked people because you were following your own vision of what you want to be in the world and defying expectations. Right. Cool. And it's so interesting that there were expectations beyond... You know, I didn't realize that these expectations were, were bred into, into my life. And, you know, if you're... If you just know your parents as being, like, nice people and they say, like, you can do whatever you want, in air quotes... Mm -hmm. But what you're doing has a lot to do with what they want to do, what they want you to do, and you don't necessarily know that mm -hmm. because they're nice and generous. Then when you break free of that and you're like, whoa, I want to do something else and I wasn't doing that before. It's a very like matrixy moment. Yeah. Do um, you are your parents supportive of acting? Yeah. Um, they don't they they clearly don't know very much from a personal or from a secondhand level about artistic endeavors. I think they're thrilled anytime I have like anything to show from what I'm doing, which is good. Like that just seems like a parental thing that I just described. But they don't they're not great or experienced at for example being able to have a discussion like this. Like they could listen and not, and then they would say th something like, I think it's great what you're doing. You know, like a very generic answer like that. Yeah. You know, like being a doctor like my dad or being a therapist like my mom has very practical, you know, this is something that I struggle with and which is why it probably took me a long time to find it is if I can't see the practical, applicable day-to-day -day benefits of something, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Same. You know? Uh, yeah. I... I mean, we come from similar situations. My parents are both doctors, and right. like they are creative people, but they know nothing about this world. They know nothing about the film industry. So it's like it's interesting for me to try and um, like find people. I guess my parents have always been my mentors, and now they're not. They can't be. Yeah. Um, so. This is like, I, I agree that um, it's it's hard for me to uh, see often see the the direct application of what I'm doing, like why am I making this film? What like th that's like ended my commitment to projects in the past. Right. Um, and and it's a huge question. But do you have like, and I I feel like this direction changes for artistic people but do you have a go-to like pathway of thinking when you get into a rut like that now like why am I doing this how does it serve the greater like what's the day-to-day -day application of that thought that keeps you going? um well oftentimes it's not positive like oftentimes I will just drop I, I mean I guess I'll I'll drop it for periods of time and then I wait for the creative spark to come back, and then I pick it up again. Right. Whatever the project may be. I think, ideally, probably what I would do is, like, meditate. Is, like, like focus on 
what those doubts are, like how I'm feeling, what the anxieties I'm feeling are. And then like, once that softens them a little bit, I can then approach this project with the drive that I had, or at least with some perspective on the anxieties that I'm having. Right. Um, it doesn't always work out, but yeah, that's the goal, I think. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think a lot about how... Um, I really feel like you... A, 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 a very real part of you has to feel good and confident about what you have to say about whatever you're saying because not much else will like push you through those dark nights you know like if you're if you're running over budget or past your deadline or people are pissing you off or you don't like a certain idea that you've had you know what about that original thing is going to make it worthwhile right in the end you know it's such a it's such a long time coming. This person was making this movie for 12 years. This right. person was making this movie for five years. Yeah. This person spent this much money. Like, what are they telling themselves when it's taken so long? How can they possibly think that after all that time, it will still be worthwhile for people to see this thing? Yeah. I think that brings it back to the fact that I agree with you in when you said that you want to make movies for yourself. You want to make creative things not for an audience, you want to make them for yourself, because I, I've definitely, I've had a couple projects that I've just lost interest in, because I went into it thinking, like, I'm young, I just need to be producing product, yeah. and so whatever I find, I gotta do, and that sort of worked, like, I, I mean, it worked, and then I got, like, projects half done. Right. And lost interest. And so I've I've definitely had moments recently where I've sort of stepped back, looked at my process, and made the decision that I'm only going to do things, at least for my projects that I do for myself, I'm only going to do them if I really feel them. Right. If I really feel uh, like an inner motivation that... And often I, I sort of wait a few days because, like, some stuff is just, like, there's an instant where I'm, like, feeling really into this idea, and then the next day I'm not into it. So, like, there needs to be a real passion for me. Currently, this is my approach, is that there needs to be a real passion for the thing that I'm making, um, because that's the only way to get through those dark times, is, like, which, and I've acknowledged that, like, those are going to exist in every project. Like, there's going to be moments of doubt, and there's going to be budget issues, and there's going to be shitty people. Yeah. And, like... That's really important, and I think that's probably something you learn from having close people around you who are creative, like you see the ups and the downs because I still, you know, whenever I'm imagining how something should be, which is already a red flag, so it's good to notice that, all I think of is like montages in movies, reading about that one time, some successful person. They may even have not been successful, but I'm reading the whole story. They were struggling and then they got it done. So somehow the result of that is like, oh, I'm struggling right now, so I'm just going to do the part where I get it done. And it's all going to be, like, rosy and flowery and amazing. Right. And, um... The problem is you have to actually live the struggle part, too. Yes, you do. So being okay with that piece of it. I think that's... I think that's the main reason that meditating has helped me so much. Because it's about being present in the present moment, the right now. Right. Whether it's rosy or totally fucked up. Yeah. And that's helped me a lot. 
Very true. Yeah. It's not, it's not about making every moment rosy. It's about letting fucked up shit be fucked up and just like being with it. Because eventually that'll go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Our minds play tricks on us. I mean, I've just... Ugh. Every every time I'm describing like a thought process to my therapist, he always ends with like, yeah, you, you think this way because it keeps you safe. And like, I know what he means, but like, fucking safe? Like, th- it's going to keep me safe in like, I'm never going to move out of my parents' house. Like, mm-hmm. if I can't create anything, I'm going to be so safe that I never try anything. I never try and fail. I never try and succeed. You know, that's how safe it keeps you. Yeah. That word is like, it keeps you the same. If you want to be kept the same, never try anything and never push past discomfort and never acknowledge discomfort. You'll be so safe that you will be the same person forever. And yet, even if you don't try anything, if you don't do anything actively to create change, change is going to happen anyway. Yeah. No matter what you do, that's, I mean, so that's, that's a personal belief, but I truly believe that... I think you're right. The world is created around change. There's no way to avoid change. So it's, it's kind of about, like, how much of a rush are you in or not, you know? And what does it mean to you personally to know that other people are, are you know, busting their asses yeah. more? And what? torturing themselves more, you know? Can you live with that in yourself? Yeah. But I have this faulty belief that, like, mm-hmm. worrying kind of equals productivity. It's not a belief that I have. It's something that my body has instilled, and I'm sort of sometimes trying to work out of it, but I'm, it's, it's there. It's like it's, it's in my DNA. Like, mm-hmm. I feel so much more productive when I'm not worrying, mm-hmm. and yet my default state is to worry. Yeah. And so I come back to it and think, like, maybe I should just, like, let this, maybe I should just worry and, like, be fine with worrying because it's always there mm. it's it's a it feels like a form of denial to to say like no don't worry can't do anything when i'm worrying you know and then you're telling yourself that your negative habits are not productive and you can't make anything when they're happening mm-hmm. and it just becomes a yeah i think it's I really appreciate having, like, like reconnecting with people like you, because as, before you said that, like, being in a space with other creatives is, like, the way to get yourself out of that worry rut, because you see it, you get to see that other people are struggling with the same exact stuff. Yeah, and it, that that context is super super helpful and like stress relieving. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I I get bored so quickly of talking to people who are in different, catching up with people who have like real jobs because they're like, "What are you doing?" And it's the same thing where I'm like, you know, I can give you like the overview of what's going on, but it's not simple. It's not simple. It's not what I want to talk about. I could get into the creative shit, but you're not going to get it. So it's going to be weird. And it's going to make me feel like I said something wrong. So for now, I'll just say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I hope to do. What's going on with you? (laughs) And it's like... Which is fine. That's also an important friendship. 
But it's not the same. It's not you're not gonna get the same stuff out of it. So fucking boring, honestly. I mean I get I get bored of actors because they're dramatic. <laughs> and then I get bored of regular people because they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Those are the two extremes. Yeah. What's boring about regular people? I think when you're literally attract, you become attracted to the drama of like uncertainty, which I feel like comes with creativity. It's just different when someone's out of college and they're like, I have this job. So that's stable. That's not uncertain. They're like, this is my commute every day. That's stable. This is how much I make. That's stable. You know, yeah. Um, it's this. It's the reason why people go for a routine. Except it's the same reason that that's not what I want to do, and why it makes me right. antsy to hear about it. Totally. Um, they're just like two different poles of a magnet. Whatever. <laughs> um, that's the why you make this podcast, right? Why? Because you're looking for people that have the same, have like-minded ideas. And that you can find not boring and talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think... It's what happens when you go to art school. Yeah. I, I think getting used to change, like you said, is is really big. You know... The yeah. fact the fact that nothing is constant and you kind of want to feel discomfort. Like, get used to feeling discomfort even though it's going to feel different. But yeah. just recognizing it when it's there and seeing that it's going to lead to growth, you know, that ends up not leading to, like, panic. Yeah. I think... So I think I disagree with you a little bit about, like... I'm sure this isn't exactly what you meant, but non-creatives being boring because I think that everyone struggles with that in different ways. The difference is that that idea of change, that idea of um, having to deal with change is so um, in your face as a creative. Because that's, yeah. that's what the work is about. Right. It's about like embracing that and like it's about like holding on as tight as you can and just like I feel right. like the best work is people who are open to the oppor to the to like anything going wrong and like just capturing that in some way. Right. I yeah, I completely agree. And I'm not, you know, obviously I was like referring to my own <laughs> recent experiences, but I think that like talking to other creative people, you do have, you do feel a kinship with people who are working on embracing the uncertainty of everyday life and discomfort. And mm. if, and to the degree that someone might not be able to relate to you about that and might even, you know, like it makes them uncomfortable, whatever, that's, that's life. But I, I like it when people can bond over a shared understanding of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to start getting ready for my career job. Hey! I, as an artist, get paid, so... Yeah, buddy. <laughs>